city natives and we all a little cuckoo. This is the type of shit to make the hood go crazy. On the interstate doing 180. That time I played tug of war with a baby. student from last year and I would coordinate our pronoun shirt. Same student came up to me on Friday to say hi. Noticed that one of my new students had a pronoun shirt too. We decided to coordinate today. Former student insisted that they send me an email to remind me to wear my pronoun shirt. We're up to three. The goal for by the end of the year. Teachers need to be allowed to teach. I'm a parent, and I'm sorry to all you parents out there, but you do not get a say in your child's teacher's lesson plans. I spent thousands of dollars on a degree and my educator's license, and I would be gosh darned if parents tried to tell me how to write my lesson plans that I literally went to school to learn how to write. You know, if a parent wants to have that much say in their kid's education, then you know what? You probably need to homeschool them. Straight up, though, if I ever have to have an abortion, you bet I'm going to have a fucking party. I'm, like, going to have, like, cupcakes with, like, aborted fetuses drawn on them, lots of snacks, lots. I'm going to come up with some sort of cocktail and call it the aborted fetus, and me and all of my friends are just going to hang out, eat a bunch of yummy dead fetus themed food, get drunk, and have a great old time. When are we going to start banning MAGA Republicans from establishments? If you're wearing the shirt and you're wearing the hat, don't come in my store. Don't come in my restaurant. Kick them out of the fucking bank. I don't care. They're repping it like a gang. And anywhere else, gang violence isn't tolerated. So why is it for them? They're just uneducated white people. Kick them out. Here are some tips to help you learn your students' pronouns. Are you a boy or a girl? Here's what you can do instead. Here, I like to use a Google form or a Microsoft form or any other survey app that works for you. I've stopped asking what your preferred pronouns are and instead I say what are your pronouns because your pronoun is part of your identity and not just a personal preference. One of the very important questions I'd like to ask is, may I use these pronouns in front of your parents or guardians? The reason why is because students may feel comfortable around you or their peers, but they might not be ready to let their parents know which pronouns they are using. And if a student uses different pronouns with you, their peers, or their parents, it's not your business to ask why. Using their pronouns respectfully is a great way to start building that relationship. Hey everybody, I'm the Ginger Dula. If you need a letter, either for starting hormones or for surgery, or you can get one letter, but you actually need two letters for surgery, I have a service for you. 
This is Gallup. It's thegallup.org. That's T-H-E-G-A-L-A-P.org. It's a letter writing project where various practitioners sign on and they say that they're willing to provide letters and then you have the opportunity to contact them and get a letter set up for free. Now, I have not personally used this service, but I have quite a few clients who have and they've all been quite satisfied. This is a great way to avoid the gatekeeping that comes from the letter and to get your letter regardless of your financial situation. I hope that helps. Hi everyone, this is just a friendly reminder that if a fat person is talking about their own experience with fat phobia, their own experience with their body, with their fat body, their larger body, their plus size body, whatever they fucking want to call it, that when a fat person is talking about their own shit, their own experience, whatever the fuck it is, that's not an invitation for thin people to insert themselves in a conversation that's not about them. Just so you know. Because when a marginalized person, yes, because fat people are marginalized, if you don't fucking understand that, then look at intersectionality and the different intersections, because body size is one of them. Back to the point. It's not an invitation for thin people to just enter into the space of fat people to talk about themselves. No offense, but this isn't fucking about you. And if you think it is, that's your own fucking projection. Go to therapy and let fat and marginalized people talk. This is just a daily reminder that your pronouns should be respected in any healthcare setting. Whether you are transgender or non-binary, whatever you tell the healthcare team your pronouns are, are exactly what every single member of the healthcare team should be referring to you as. Just because you're in a healthcare setting and even if you're presenting with a problem that is related to a body part associated with your gender assigned at birth, does not mean that your pronouns should not be respected. I had a mother of a patient who was very lovely and totally respected her child's they them pronouns. And when I confirmed that those were in fact the child's pronouns, the mother said yes, but we totally understand if you need to refer to them as their biological sex. Given that we're in a healthcare setting and they're presenting with these certain issues. And I said, no. I said, what we are treating has nothing to do with the child's gender identity and their pronouns will be respected. So you don't have to worry about that. And when we would round on the patient, whenever somebody would use the wrong pronouns, I would respectfully correct them. One good thing that came out of this is that my supervisor actually asked me to give a talk to the rest of the healthcare team about transgender and non-binary patients in the healthcare setting. is a lot of pushback 
and like barring of people getting hysterectomies. This isn't something that I am fully aware of. I know a lot of cis women who have wanted to get hysterectomies and their doctors like straight up refuse to give them hysterectomies. My situation is different because I am a trans man. So me getting a hysterectomy falls under a gender affirming surgery. I am fortunate that my healthcare provider has a gender clinic and has really good gender affirming care services. So I didn't have to convince my doctor to let me have a hysterectomy because for me, it's a gender affirming thing. It falls under gender. It's not in relation to like, it is in relation personally to me for um, like, uh, reproductive health care because I'm getting it taken out of me because I do not want to have babies. Um, but also it is gender affirming care because I am a trans man. So that is why I was able to e more easily be approved for a hysterectomy. I didn't have to fight it as much as people who are not like trans men have to fight it. This doesn't mean that it is easy for trans men to get hysterectomies. I'm just fortunately living in a state and with a healthcare provider that makes it easier. Okay, first off, Sorry for the sunglasses. It is super duper bright first thing in the morning in my office. Uh, I mean, even though I typed back to this comment, I thought it was very, uh, it's a wonderful comment and very much worth a video response, which is you have to follow your student's lead on this. So maybe they're not out at home yet because they're not ready or it's not a safe place to be. So if I know I'm gonna meet the parents, like if they come to an art opening or another event for campus, um, I will ask and say, you know, um, is it okay for me to use the name you've given me in the pronouns or do you need that to be something else? And they have definitely let me know um, what works best for them, 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 I can't talk. Uh, if I happen to be out and about, sometimes I run into students in town um, with their parents uh, or grandparents, whatever. And usually what I'll do is I'll say, you know what, you have a wonderful child. They're a joy to teach, they're great in class, they're fun to work with. And as far as I know, no one's ever really blinked an eye. Um, students have never said that they weren't okay with when I've done that. And I do try to make it very open, the fact that they can let me know if I've done something wrong, um, you know, even if it's later. But again, trying to keep the gender neutral terminology, especially in the unexpected, has worked so far. But like I said in the other video, if you have a better approach, I'm always willing to learn. Drop it in the comments because I'm always striving to do better. Okay, I hope you guys have a really wonderful day. Bye-bye. Badges worn by some Hilliard teachers aimed at reaching out to LGBTQ plus students, but some parents are pinning some protests on them. New at six, they say the badges are steering their kids to the wrong place and exposing them to sexually explicit material. And they say school is not the place to be wearing them. Here's Luann Stoya. Some of these are not fit to... Oh, okay. Hilliard parent Lisa Chaffee has checked out the website and says the content is nothing kids should access, like sexual techniques and sex acts. The badge has a QR code that once scanned, takes you to a website that has extremely inappropriate information and as a parent that crosses the line. Teachers K through 12 can wear the badge that says I'm here safe person safe space. The district says the intent of the badge is a message of safety and inclusion for all students. We do obviously want it to be a safe space for everybody but we want it to be clear as to what the zones are of how conversations are handled and, and that they're not just like this, sort of misfiring in different directions. Uh, well-intentioned people just 
you know, going overboard in one direction or another and, and not having any state standards to follow. Nobody from the district would answer our questions on camera, but the superintendent sent us a statement reading in part, teachers were reminded that the resources linked to the QR code were for adult learning only. Teachers were reminded that if asked about the I'm here message on the badge, their response should be age appropriate. I want to clarify the law as it relates to uh, discussions in the classroom. I think every teacher should be safe to go to to discuss any issue a student might have. They should not have to identify themselves as safe. Okay, my house where I live with my children in this house right here, okay? There's your freaking border wall. Okay, I posted some videos yesterday. I offended some of y'all. I'm gonna post some security camera footage. Eight individuals just crossed the freaking wall, running, okay, running. Crossed the wall, ran right through here, ran right through here. Tried going in my door, but my door was locked. So what did they do? They ran right inside my grandpa's house. Okay, four of them made it inside and barricaded themselves inside my 95-year-old grandpa's house. Okay, all males, all caring. You want to tell me that it's okay? Come on, man. If they sit here and ask for water. All right, shirtless guy, hooded guy. And hooded guy, all three of those guys run toward the street, I'm trying to make this fast, but won't go fast. You can see them run back. One, one, two, and the third guy with the red shoes. They try breaking into my house. My front door is locked. They razzle dazzle my porch. They try my other door, my laundry room door. That's locked, and they come running out. Boom. One, two. Three and they go into my parents' house right next door, and of course their doors wide open. Boom, 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 straight to their kitchen. Hide behind the island and the pantry. Um, I can't fast forward this damn thing fast enough to show you. Border patrol shows up. Let me see if that'll work. Uh, Border patrol shows up. Boom, they're running in. They're running in. I'm already ran in behind. I ran in behind the guys with border patrol behind me. So. My name is Dr. Jasmine Reese. I am the director of the Adolescent and Young Adult Specialty Clinic here at Johns Hopkins All Children's Hospital. I really love working with adolescents because this is such a unique age where so many changes are happening. What I do here at the Adolescent Specialty Clinic is see teenagers and young adults ages 12 to 21 years old. Okay, now big breath. We really see them for a variety of reasons. Sometimes those are for reproductive health reasons. We also work with teens that are struggling with mental health concerns, so those are things like um, depression, anxiety, um, even ADHD. We also see teens for um, other reasons like chronic pain, chronic abdominal pain, headaches, 
acne. This is a referral-based clinic where we're not doing primary care. We're really taking the time to focus on those adolescent needs. Do you feel like you have a good solid group of friends that you like? We do a really good job at taking time to ask them really detailed and personal questions related to their emotions, their mental well-being. We really try to create a safe space here um, to allow them to do that. And so part of that visit really entails having the parents step out of the room for a few minutes so that we can really understand the teen a little bit more and create that confidential safe space for them. Did you have any questions about any of those options? We'll take time to um, not only speak with the teen, but also speak with the parent independently. Frank, we're talking about medical treatment, education, and supportive care. That center is new to this building here at Akron Children's Hospital, and it's the first of its kind in the city of Akron. When I was younger, uh, transgender wasn't really a thing we talked about. Julianne Boylan is a transgender woman who's happy to hear about the new Center for Gender Affirming Medicine in the Adolescent Medicine Department at Akron Children's Hospital. Julianne repressed her true identity for years and says something like the center could have made a huge difference. This is a big difference maker because children now can go in, they have some time to think about what they, where they're at, uh, to examine where they're at. Akron Children's doctors, along with a nurse, social worker, mental health therapist, and an endocrinologist, are seeing patients as young as seven, as old as 25. We're a supportive, affirming space, both for the patient and for the family. The hospital does not do sex reassignment surgeries, but it does offer pubertal suppression treatment. Pubertal suppression buys time. So what it does, it sort of holds back Pure development. The center stressed other services offered to the LGBTQ community include education, supportive care for youth and their families, and gender-affirming hormone therapy. And so that would allow them to have body changes that would be consistent with their identity. Dr. Steven Sondike says the center is especially important to transgender youth who face a higher risk of homelessness and other serious issues if they don't find an affirming place. They have higher risk of suicide, depression, mental health issues. Rebecca Callahan, the executive director of Community AIDS Network Akron Pride Initiative, says a center like this in Akron was much needed. We should uh, be happy for others that are doing something to be happy and be their most authentic self. Hospital staff say that time and travel was an issue for transgender children and their families in the Akron area before the center opened. That's because similar centers are further away in Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati. Live in Akron, Bob Jones, News 5. That's problematic!